0: Welcome back to the Effective Ministry podcast, the podcast from YouthWorks to help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your local church. My name is Al James. I'm a youth ministry advisor uh, with YouthWorks in Sydney.
1: And my name is Tim Bealhart, so I'm a children's ministry advisor for YouthWorks in Sydney.
0: And we are at the end of a little mini-series on intergenerational ministry where we've started broad and we're getting narrower and narrower hearing from various different people. And Tim, you had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Tim Adams at Macquarie Anglican Church. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, it was a great opportunity to sit down with Tim and to talk at a very local level exactly how he's implementing church. Uh, If you've been following along with the podcast series, you might have heard the last two episodes um, where Stu Crawshaw featured and talked about his sort of big theory on shock absorber intergenerational ministry and then what it looks like in his church. And this was an opportunity to sit down with someone else who is also experimenting in their own local way uh, with intergenerational ministry. And so Tim Adams was really helpful in walking us through what does it look like for them to do their services in a way that is age accessible and to talk about how they integrate all the different generations together, intentionally bringing those generations together so that they can all be discipling one another, both up and down the generations. So that's what Tim and I chat about. Let's jump straight into the episode. Well, I'm here with Tim Adams. He's the Assistant Minister at Macquarie Anglican Church with particular responsibility over families uh, and intergenerational minister. It's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who's in your family? What does a good weekend look like? Yeah, um,
2: so married to Leah uh, and have one daughter, Emma, um, who's year four um and yeah good weekend um well we haven't had one of these for a while but it's a weekend where we get out of the house and we we go somewhere nice uh we love picnicking um uh, you know long walks on the beach beach is a bit of a you know Mm -hmm. stereotypical phrase but we, we enjoy that we enjoy um going somewhere to eat um and to just in you know enjoy god's creation um and spend some time together and you know even better if we do it with some friends. Um, so yeah, that's a good weekend for us.
1: Yeah, which is great as uh, we record this. New South Wales is just starting to emerge out of lockdown, so it's uh, great to be able to start. It's becoming back possible. into some of those things. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Um, how long have you been at Macquarie Anglican Church?
2: Oh, a while. I think I'm coming up on 14 years now. Um, so I started there as a as a as a little student minister um, <laughs> while studying more and uh, never left <laughs> so <laughs> they kept me on i think i've survived uh two 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 senior ministers now um still going so anyway yeah but we, i love it there and love the family there uh, and i uh, love the ministry there too
1: Yeah, Yeah, which is wonderful. Now, one of the reasons we particularly want to have the conversation with you is uh, you've been a great partner with YouthWorks over a number of years in this intergenerational space. So Mm. I guess the first question is, how would you describe intergenerational ministry?
2: Yeah, good question. (laughs) I guess intergenerational ministry is, um, and it's not something I always understand, I have to say. Um, It's only something that I've really kind of come to terms with, partly with the help of youth works and partly as I've deep dived more into kind of the family's responsibility, um, uh, my role at church. Um, but uh, intergenerational ministry, I guess, is the recognition that in our churches, um, there's lots of different generations. Um, there's kids, there's adults, there's um, elderly people. And so intergenerational is seeking to provide um, regular opportunities for those different generations to interact meaningfully um you know to learn from each other to serve together um and to just share with each other to share um time and 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 uh, yeah encouragement uh, with each other yeah
1: yeah that's great um you put the word meaningfully in there why is that significant um
2: <laughs> there's a really good quote um that uh, uh Alan and Ross, I think, have in their book, you know, that intergenerational ministry is not just serving orange juice at the morning tea um, <laughs> or, or having a having a token kind of presentation from the kids um, in in a church service. It's it's actually um, doing more than that. It's not simply the generations being present together. That's multigenerational. Um, intergenerational is is, I guess, deliberate. Meaningful interaction, doing something together, um, serving uh, alongside each other, um, uh, learning about something together, um, and understanding uh, something at the same time. Um, yeah, and I guess it's it's recognizing the um, the biblical description of what we are as as a church. Um, you know, we're, we're not kind of just separate generations. Um, doing this Christian thing together, um, the Bible actually describes us as, as a family, um, you know, we're, we're the family or household of God, we're the um, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, we're the body of Christ and we, you know, we need each other, you know, the, the toenail can't survive without the the nose, you know, they need each other. And so um, we're looking to celebrate that um, with, with intergenerational ministry.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, having thought about that, you know, we're reflecting what it means to be the household of God. Um, we're intentionally bringing people together. It's not just accidentally you happen to have a kid, a teenager, a middle adult, and a senior in the same room at the same time, but intentionally, meaningfully bring people together. Mm. Why is that good for the church?
2: Um, I mean, it's, it's good for that reason that that's how the Bible describes it you know um we're actually being what what uh god wants us to be that that family that body that church um but it's also good because it's not good if we don't recognize it <laughs> you know what i mean from the from the negative um if we ignore the fact that we're a family um or that that we're intergenerational and kind of uh, promote that that uh, that relationship with other each other. Then we we start to um, see this siloing effect that you, you know, people may have heard of um, spoken about, um, which I guess um, le- can lead to a couple of really bad things. Um, retention can start to be an issue, and so as the younger generations come up through the church, uh, they may not stick around. Uh, we realised uh, at one point uh, within our church that. In some areas of ministry, a child could go from kindergarten to year 12 in one of our programs and never see a church service in action because they are always in the kids or youth program or, or also never see their parents involved serving, praying, singing mm. in church. Um, and so it kind of explains why those same kids were just dropping off at high school they'd never actually been part of you know the bigger gathering the the family of god um and so you know just like if 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 parents aren't modeling you know good manners at home and at the dinner table they can't expect their kids to kind of pick that up you know um and if they're never seeing their parents in church or um joining them and doing those things with them um yeah you, you start to get those uh i guess retention issues um and I guess you miss out on a really important element of um, faith development. Um, you know, sometimes we we just have um, the next generation serving the generation for them, and that's often, you know, Classically, in our youth programs, you've got the the uni students teaching the youth, and you've got mm-hmm. the the youth teaching the Sunday school, and you know you've just got the next generation. But we miss out on that 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 knowledge and that wisdom that comes from um, just expanding that that generational kind of breadth that the different generations have too. And I mean that's particularly thinking of the benefit for kids, um, but I guess um, older people actually get encouragement from. The, the vibrance of the faith of younger people too. So I guess there's just a a faith and encouragement um, thing <laughs> that we miss out on um, if we're limiting our, our ministries to the single generations. That was a really yeah, it long is. answer to a yeah, really short question.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's really great. Uh, and I think it is one of the things I, I try hard to communicate when I'm talking about intergenerational ministry is that it's not just top-down. Uh, mm. It's not just the older people being mentors to the younger people, which is vitally important, mm. but it's also the value that younger people can have to the older generations, the way mm. that children and teenagers can speak up yeah. into the older generations, the way that our senior saints can be encouraged and sharpened in their faith mm. because of the, as they look down uh, and see yeah. great examples of faith from those younger to them. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we've, um, as a the church in New South Wales, uh, in Sydney, metropolitan Sydney, we've been under some strict lockdown and it's been a, a weird two years in and out mm. of different types of restrictions. Uh, let's go go back to pre-COVID days, uh, our non-lockdown time. Uh, hopefully, you know, something of what it may look like in the future as well, uh, though that might be a different question. Mm. But in our non-lockdown times, what did it look like for you as a church at Macquarie to do intergenerational ministry? Paint us a picture.
2: Yeah, and hard to remember, <laughs> <I'm> traveling <laughs> back in time. Um, but I guess the first thing to note is that um, it wasn't just a program. Intergenerational ministry isn't, can't even say it, intergenerational ministry isn't just, you know, something that we did on a Friday night, you know. Um, it's not a bolt-on. It's not a program in and of itself. Um, I guess um, for our church, we think of it like, um a focus or a filter that we pass everything else through Um, and so as we think about a particular ministry uh, or activity or event or whatever we ask ourselves how can we make this accessible and encouraging and uh, interaction in interactive for all generations Um, now obviously that works better in some things than others (laughs) Um, but i guess you would have seen it predominantly pre-COVID in our weekly family reunion. You know, if the the family of God, uh, or if, you know, if if God's people are a family, then our weekly family reunion has got to be church, right? Uh, Where we get together. um, And just like a family gets together for a Sunday roast and, you know, you've got adults and kids and mums and dads and aunties and grandmas and all that. That's how we see our Sunday gathering. It's the, the weekly family reunion. Um, and so we, we have kind of, over the last few years, been tweaking and changing that to try and make that a helpful intergenerational experience. Um, so for our morning family service, we actually changed it a couple of years ago to be 50-50, all age and age specific. So for the first half hour, we see it as an all age gathering. We're all there as the intergenerational family of God, and so everything we're doing in that time needs to pass that test, needs to pass through that intergenerational filter. And then in the second half, we recognize that actually the the teaching element, whilst we can do it all age, um, it's really helpful to do it in an age-specific way. Mm. And so we break into um, uh, Sunday school groups and youth group, and the adults just coincidentally get to stay in the church, although they could equally go to a different building and the kids could stay. Um, it's yeah. the age-specific segment. Um, and so in that first half, to make it intergenerational and an all age, um, we, we actually try and make that first half almost a mini church service in itself so that every single week, um, everyone who's there, kids, youth, adults, experience all the elements of a gathering together in that time we sing, in that time we hear something from the Bible, in that time we pray, in that time we monthly share a meal together, the Lord's Supper. Um, and uh, and and everything that we do in that segment or in that first half is accessible to all ages.
1: Mm. Um, and it's... I love that word accessible. Um, I first heard that from you a couple of years ago and yeah. I thought, oh, yes, that that is a really clever phrase because it's not you're not being kiddish, Hmm. Uh, you're not targeting old, just old people, Um, but the idea of accessibility that um, that whatever age you are, you can in some way be participating within that. Um, I think that's a really clever way of phrasing that all age time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, rather than having a kid's spot and a kid's song, which says, this is just for the kids. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, whilst we wanna do things for the kids, we actually wanna do things for everyone. And so, you know, we want um, we want songs that everyone can sing and understand in that time. We want, you know, prayers. could yeah.
1: and- we yeah. do stop halfway through, uh, you know, a, a singing set and go, OK, now we're going to do an oldie song. Yeah, so this one, we're going to pull out the organ. Um, <laughs> and if you're over the age of 80, can you come down the yeah. front yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. lead us in a hit? Like, yeah, th- that's, that's, it. That, that's not the yeah. idea.
2: And so we we don't actually in that time, we're not actually trying to add stuff. Into that segment um, that wasn't going to be there previously, we're we're trying to enhance what we would be doing anyway in an intergenerational way, rather than simply adding something to the mix to make it more kidsy. Um, So, you know, our Bible readings are from um, a simpler translation. In the first half of the service, so sometimes that means we have two different translations read <laughs> in the service because <laughs> we're using, you know, the NIRV in the first half uh, yeah. with pictures on the screen um, to illustrate. But you know what? Everyone benefits from that. Um, yeah. Everyone enjoys it. Um, yeah. Uh, so that, that's kind of what church uh, looks like. Mm. Um,
1: that's really really helpful, Tim. Um, now. As uh, we all kind of had to pivot during that lockdown time, I mean, there was enough challenges as it was trying to think how do we minister to our people, how do we pastor them, shepherd mm. them, lead them, teach them, mm. communicate with them um, when we're not gathering together. Mm. Uh, as you thought about that intergenerational Service time, that particular gathering together and families and being a family household. How did that transition? What did that look like as you tried to pivot that reality into an online space?
2: Yeah, well, it's a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot harder. And, and I mean, you know, I think the same, you know, every family in Sydney can relate to the fact that it was really hard just simply because we didn't see the rest of our family for three months. If you know what I mean? We're all stuck to our houses. And, you know, the same translates across to the church. The church family couldn't physically see each other um, for, th- well, still can't, <laughs> for, you yeah. know, for quite a while. Um, and that that's that's hard. And it's, it's also hard to do what we used to do, just in the same way it's hard to get together for a family meal with your family when you can't. Um, but I think that even though it was more difficult, you know, as families, we found other ways to survive, and as a church, we found other ways to survive. Um, and we found other ways to still be intergenerational. Um, church actually maintained that same structure. Um, so we've maintained the first half all age, second half uh, age-specific, uh, and the kids went off to their own Zooms <laughs> at that point. Um, but in that first half, we just found different ways to interact and um engage with each other um we still had kids involved in serving on the rosters and so you know kids and teens and elderly would all be on the bible reading rosters Mm. um kids and teens and whatnot would be helping with the tech um and uh uh, you know organizing different things um and we'd still try and get everyone involved in some way in enhancing an element um, of the service um and you know we've got to love, you know, screen annotate and chat quizzes and all that sort of stuff because, uh, uh, you know, it just, it just, that's, I think they were the bread and butter of us all interacting and engaging um, in that time. Um, and we found some, you know, some um, cute ways to to try and do it. a couple of weeks. We had some visiting prophets from the past uh, join us on Zoom um, and, you know, we were able to kind of quiz them and find out about them, which was related to our series. Uh, And that was something that we probably couldn't have done if we were in person, you know, it would have been a bit different. Um, Had scavenger hunts around the Zoom gallery for fruits of the spirit that were hidden in different (laughs) people's, you know, windows. And so we we just found different ways to do it. Um, uh, And then, you know, to to learn from the different people in the different gallery windows about um, what that fruit was about. So, yeah, we still shared the Lord's Supper. Um, We still, you know, had the the accessible language and that sort of thing. So I think Mm -hmm. that was. That was possible. And we found some, um, We found some, you know, new ways that we could pivot too. Um, we realised that some of the parishioners um, couldn't access the weekly church service. They didn't have internet. Um, they were elderly. Um, and so uh, each week um, my, my daughter and I would go on what we'd call the DVD delivery run and straight after church we'd burn the Zoom recording to a DVD um, and we'd print out the newsletter And off we'd go uh, and visit four or five elderly parishioners, you know, masked and socially distanced, obviously. Um, Yep. But it was just lovely. And I I think I thought I was going to see them. But I realized after a couple of few weeks, uh, sorry, a couple of weeks, they actually weren't looking forward to seeing me. They were looking forward to seeing my my <laughs> nine-year-old daughter and uh the chocolate haul that she started to come home with each week <laughs> after these visits started to get unhealthy so um yeah
1: <laughs> which again is a lovely example of that intergenerational yeah. ministry mm. in practice that um uh, there again you you've got the three generations there mm. um you know your, your daughter uh you in in the prime of life uh and then uh, those yeah. who are in the elderly category You're all coming together and being able to bless each other hmm. um look after each other um and be encouraged yeah. by one another yeah. really it's just
2: encouraging for them and for us i think for everyone really so hmm. yeah real encouragement
1: that's really lovely hmm. as uh you now are starting to plan for coming out of lockdown again that there are so many things to consider and to be in preparation for, but what excites you about the future of intergenerational ministry as you sort of head into hopefully uh, the the end of lockdown and back to face-to-face gatherings?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, that family analogy is, is holds true again because I think it's the same thing that excites every family across Sydney as, you know, a restrictions ease and we're allowed to get back together again. Um, we're just excited about getting back together again. Um, we're excited about seeing each other physically, um, sharing meals together, such a simple thing, but such a biblical thing. Um, mm. You know, Jesus did a lot of meal sharing. Uh, and and um, I guess uh, getting back to those physical interactions, um, which are really kind of the bread and butter of um, uh, what we do as a church. Um, and I guess, um, you know, we're, we've we still got plans. Um, we're... We're we're uh, not only an intercultural church. uh, Sorry, let me say that again. We're not only an intergenerational church, but we're an intercultural church um, uh, where we are in Eastwood. um, And we're looking to start an intergenerational, intercultural morning congregation. (laughs) And so we're looking to kind of step it up the next level, uh, which is exciting but also hugely challenging because... um, I think one of the things we've learned is that intergenerational ideas don't necessarily translate across cultures. Um, and so doing it cross culturally adds this whole new element, um, that we're having to think through and figure out. Yeah.
1: That's great. I actually, I'd love to come back to you in a (laughs) few months uh, or a year to hear how that's gone, because that's an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. and one that I've had with a few of, uh, my friends in the intergenerational space is this intercultural space. Um, And one of the questions is, is intergenerational ministry, as uh, I often frame it as as people like Alan and Ross, uh, you mentioned their book, Mm. um, Intergenerational Christian Formation um, and other thinkers in that space. Is there something particularly uh, Anglo Mm. about the way that we're framing it um, and does it translate to other cultures? Mm. Um, So I'm glad you're on the forefront of that research for us and uh, looking forward to touching base again on that. (laughs) You did mention that it is a bit of a challenge though, Um, and yeah, just to to add a layer of reality into this conversation, Mm. what are some of those challenges that you've had over the years as you've tried to lead intergenerational ministry in your church?
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's really easy to paint a a sparkling picture of success when really, as you say, (laughs) um, there's a lot of challenges. Um, I mean, I think the first one is it's a lot of work. Mm. It's a lot of work. Um, Each week to rethink, um, what we would naturally do just pitch to adults, you know, a church kind of gathering, um, to make it accessible to everyone in the room. Um, and that, that has impacts on timing and on choice of, you know, things um, and it's quite actually quite a load on our volunteer you know, service leaders and planners uh, and on our band leaders and things like that. It stretches them that little bit beyond. Um, So it's actually actually a, a fair bit of work. And I think it's something that I'd assumed comes naturally to people, but I've learnt actually doesn't and probably requires training and equipping. Um, mm. And that's probably something that I haven't done a lot of, and need to do a lot more of, um, with with our leaders and whatnot. Um, so they feel confident to do it, and so that that you know that that burden that that it can be um, is reduced um, by uh, more comfort and kind of being equipped in that area. Um, I guess the other thing, and I've mentioned cross culturally, um, that that certainly poses some challenges and has has in the past, and I think will continue to. And as you say, it's it's not isolated to to our context, it's a generally a thing that uh, we need to think about. Um, and I guess my two cents is uh, my way is not the only way. Uh, it's a biblical principle, so it's definitely good to do, definitely possible, and I'm just figuring out how. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> do you know what? I'm not. I need to talk to the people in the cultures we're reaching to find out how. Um, yes. So that's, that's uh, that. I guess the other thing is it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, you know, if you take a a congregation and suddenly make it all age um i think we found that some of our members quietly moved to the more formal earlier congregation um, and that's that's just that's just going to happen um, and we need to respect them <laughs> for, for that um, but not not be discouraged by it, i guess at the same time um, so that that's a bit of a, um, a challenge too and i guess you know the final thing is if if you don't keep your foot on the accelerator it very easily stops um whilst it's a, a culture that we're trying to set up um you know culture leaks and so if the if the if the leadership or if the um if it's not being constantly reinforced from the front then we just i think seem to naturally go back to i do anyway go back to our old kind of siloed ways Mm. um, of doing things in the age of civic groups. So, yeah, it needs constant attention. It's like a plant. And uh, (laughs) don't look in my garden because you'll see what happens to a lot of my plants. So uh, (laughs) it needs the constant attention.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really helpful point that um, our, our natural tendency, both because of what we've grown up with, if we have grown up in churches, probably what we've experienced is something more along those lines of being siloed ministries, mm-hmm. homogeneous unit ministries, which um, specialises in particular age groups and, and expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, so to work against that fairly strong current, um, as you say, that does take a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I hope people have also heard, uh, the joy and the wins that can come Absolutely. from that as well. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Tim. A really encouraging conversation. Mm. And, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing how things continue for Macquarie Anglican in the next 12 months. Cheers.
0: Thank you.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Tim.
0: No worries. See you. The Effective Ministry podcast is a production of Youth Works in Sydney. We want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church, and one of the ways that you can help us do that is by letting people know about this podcast in all the usual ways, like comment, share, and review on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. If you've got comments, thoughts, or questions for this podcast, you can email us at effectiveministrypodcast@youthworks.net, at youthworks.net and also check out youthworks.net for other ways that YouthWorks can help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your church.